0: We're going to start with Mark chapter 5, and we'll look at different passages in Mark 5 and discuss uh, how they're relevant to our life today. The first story that I'm looking at in Mark 5 is the story of Jesus healing a demon-possessed man. Now, in our day, the likelihood of demon possession has (coughs) has diminished. Uh, maybe, uh, I shouldn't say likelihood, but rather uh, the prevalence of it has diminished, at least in the West, but it is still fairly prevalent in uh, the less developed world that I have grown up in. And <clears throat> it is a very big issue, big enough that the Seventh-day Adventist Church decided to add a fundamental belief to reassure the the world's population uh, that the, the avents that live in the rest of the the, the global south that <clears throat> that G- that Jesus is definitely uh, stronger that our belief is that Jesus is definitely stronger than than demons and that he can definitely overcome those um, those fallen angels so let's talk a little bit about before we get into the story let's talk about the theory or the the idea of, of uh, evil, demon possession, fallen angels, and their role in the great controversy. Why don't we talk about that?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure where exactly to go with that, but uh, I mean, if we go back to the great controversy just in principle, um, so the, the the Bible's description of reality is that there's like, Maybe three layers to reality. There's God, who's uncreated, so he's separate from everything. And then within the creative world, there's uh, beings like the angels. And then there's human beings that, you know, we we have a certain sphere of existence. And (coughs) sin started with with the angels. So uh, sin precedes the human race. And these angels are still active in, uh, in the battle between good and evil. Yeah,
0: their creation, <clears throat> their their being, is somewhat different from ours in that they the Bible calls them uh, ministering spirits. Yeah, ministering spirits are. Uh, th- th- does it even say like they're uh, made of fire or something to that effect? I don't know. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, there's a text that's, but it's it's somewhat poetic, so I don't know if it's meant. Yeah, as
0: it, a, it's literally. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, if we just surmise, let's just say that heaven is somewhere in some galaxy far away from us, right? Um, <clears throat> for an angel to travel from even the middle of our galaxy to the to Earth, is uh, a tremendous feat that that is difficult. I mean. You'd have to fly faster than the speed of light, first of all. You'd have to be able to take on massive amounts of radiation. It wouldn't have to affect you. And you would have to um, quickly be present and able to act and all that stuff. So clearly there's a dimension that we are not having access to right now. However, there is uh, a dimension where these certain beings exist and work in. And they have interactions with human beings. Now... For the great for the great controversy aspect, what we're saying what the Bible is saying is that there is a being uh, who is called Satan and he's at war with God, and God is trying to prove to the rest of his created beings that he is fair, he's just and he's loving. and he's allowing this story to play out. That's my understanding. Yeah. Now <clears throat> uh, in our day and age, There, I've heard of this type of stuff, but it has been very rare that I don't even think I've actually come across anybody that was actually demon possessed in my life. But I know I've heard of stories where other people have. So there's certainly uh, that kind of possession and it can have manifestations that are similar to mental disease, but it's not mental disease. Mental disease something else. And lots of people equate the two, and that's wrong. So we should say that on the outright. However, um, these spirits can make people do crazy things. And so we're going to look at one of those stories. So <clears throat> Jesus, it says, uh, goes to the other side of the lake. And when he climbs out of the boat, a man possessed with an evil spirit comes out of the tombs to meet him. This man in the burial caves could no longer be uh, restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the the shackles. (coughs) No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered uh, among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and ran to him and bowed low before him. With a shriek he screamed, Why... Are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, do not torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, "Come out of the man, you evil spirit." Then Jesus demanded, "What is your name?" And he replied, "My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man." Then the evil spirits begged him again, not to send them in, uh, not to send them into some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside. Send us into these pigs, the the spirits begged. Let us enter into them. So Jesus gave them permission. The spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of of 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. So, what a story. (laughs) And it's hard to, like... It's hard in our modern day and age to make sense of the story. However, we take the Bible as it reads, and we also... Um, believe that the Bible is recording actual events. And so it we're going to treat it as it is, right? So looking at the story, what are some of the things that that jump out to you?
1: Yeah, there's a lot here that... uh, It's hard to comment on this because it seems that there's things going on where no matter what interpretation we put on it, we're speculating. Like, I could think of several ways to interpret this passage, but it would it would be going into stuff that we have no way to prove, or there there isn't a way to really support with scripture, so we're kind of going beyond what is there. Um, but, you know, why are the the demons begging Jesus to let them stay there? Like, why can't they go to someplace else? Uh, why is it better to go into the peaks than to go back to the abyss or whatever there is? they're saying there so all these questions they don't really have an answer and uh, it doesn't seem like god is intent on explaining some of these issues to us and you know assuming that those were really what the 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 things were recorded exactly like that's that's what they what they that's what they were actually saying or yeah so i don't i don't
0: know uh, so these are incidental details yeah but I think one of the things that we can see here is that <clears throat> in all cases of demon possession, the, the demons acknowledge Jesus' divinity, his presence. Yeah. And I think that is unique because it testifies in its own perverse way, let's say, to the power that, that Jesus had as God himself. So they were constrained... Out of his mere uh, presence, to acknowledge his yeah. Uh, deity.
1: Yeah, the the demons they couldn't avoid the truth, and and they they were constrained to, to acknowledge who Jesus was. While well, people like the Pharisees and others, uh, because they didn't, you know, they couldn't see beyond the, the surface, uh, treated Jesus w- with the with the disrespect that not even the demons would, were willing to to. To treat him with, you know. So that's that's pretty, pretty sad in a sense. Um, I don't know. Like th- there's there's a way to think about this that could have some potential as 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 a way of interpretation, but again, because there's so little to work with here, it's just sheer speculation. But it could be that the demons, um, essentially. It was as if like they were losing ground so so they had they had uh, established themselves within within that world and they were doing their part to to further the kingdom of satan and if jesus coming in meant that they had to leave they would have maybe been reprimanded when they they went back before satan or something for 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 not standing up to him or whatever it was you know so so they were hoping to have some some other alternative, you know, if they were sent into the pigs, at least they could do something. Um, and they did. And they did do something, which it prevented Jesus from, from doing, the, doing any ministry in that area. And it almost seems as if Jesus felt sorry for them, like, you know what, I, I understand your concern, I'll let you do this, because in spite of the fact that you are who you are, you know, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's there's this element where, um, yeah, like like for example, <clears throat> Satan, Satan will work to stir up people's basest fears about anything, in order to block them from the truth, yeah. or he will change form, and he will encourage them, and enable them. In whatever they want to do um, as long as it furthers his thing like for example in the West in the West you will not see um, these types of manifestations or uh, I guess you see it a little bit in some forms of alternative medicine but you will see less of the playing on superstition and more of the enabling of what what already is in in human beings so just making them more materialistic or more cruel or more, whatever it is, driven, let's just say, um, to, to do the things that come naturally to them. So here in this particular passage, Jesus is saying, all right, go ahead and go into the pigs. And those pigs then plunge down the river, I mean, plunge down this, the hillside into the lake and drown, which means a monetary loss to the herdsmen. And people rush out to see what has happened And they see this man who was wild is clothed now in regular clothes. And he's sane and he's talking with Jesus, the most famous personality in in the area, right? And in this amazing experience, the crowd begins to plead with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. So before, it was like the... The evil spirits were saying, leave us and go. And now the crowd is saying, leave us, right? And so Jesus, being who he is, got back into the boat. And the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with them. And Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been, right? And so the man then started off and visited 10 towns in that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him and everyone was amazed at what he told him so i don't know if it mentions it here but somebody added something later to say that when jesus returned that he had found he had converted 3000 people so he did more than you know his share but he did it because of what jesus did for him so <clears throat> there's not much to this this particular story but it was definitely revolutionary for this man's life and then for the other people who who were converted. Uh, I guess one of the things I would say with this is that, that people's fear of monetary loss drove them to drive Jesus away. And I think that is a very relevant uh, thing in the West. A lot of people believe that religion is just out to get their money. Uh, and for that reason, they reject religion. And in many cases, it is. Yeah. So anyway... It's, a, it's an interesting uh, story.
1: You know, a, a qu- another question that I guess comes out of this is what would have happened if Jesus had allowed the demoniac to be one of his disciples? Uh, I'm thinking of it in terms of his own personal growth. Um, would it would it have been better off to just tag along with the other disciples and follow Jesus and, and learn from him and do what the others were doing? Or was it better for him that he was left alone and he went out and pretty much became an evangelist on his own accord.
0: I think Jesus probably knows more about the individual than we do. And it's hard to determine what was possible. But either way, like, Jesus was still sending people out. Yeah. And he was no different. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I think that
1: there's certain people that <clears throat> are more dependable in situations like this where we're going to send them on their own because they've been further down into sin like some people that are really really deep in the pit of sin when God gives them the victory they don't turn back you know they're ready to go I mean they're there they go out they go out to do ministry and they just don't look back because they've already seen it all so to speak they've been at the at the bottom of the of the pit well Others that are kind of in between, they come along and it takes them It takes them a while to, to become established in the faith and, and b- before they're ready to commit 100%. So it could be something like this. Like this man maybe had been so close to, to evil that he was ready to go in the opposite direction all the way.
0: It's possible. And then the other thing is that <coughs> for most people... I mean, for for the vast majority of people that follow Jesus, what is really needed is for them to share what Jesus has done in their life. And yes, they have to have a command of the Bible and they have to understand what the Bible is teaching and all this stuff. But the, the vast majority of conversions that take place um, happen in the context of somebody telling somebody else about their own experience. And he had already met that requirement. So there wasn't any greater need than that. And then he was the perfect evangelist for the area because he knew the area. He, the people knew him. He was very well known for his former deeds. And so this was a chance for for him to have an impact. And so he did. And I think, <clears throat> that I will say this, this is not in, in scripture at all, but the, there is definitely a war going on between God and, and Satan And they are competing for souls, for people, but both of them recognize when the other has a hold. doesn't mean that they stop trying to get that person. They do recognize when they have a hold. So here, like, Satan had his his people, they were doing their thing in this man. But when Jesus got a hold of him and he flipped, then Satan was like, okay, he's going to do his thing. And he did. I think there's that too. So, anyway, I think this is a perfect place for us to stop for this particular story, but uh, it's a simple story with a simple message, but a profound impact, because the guy went to 10 different cities, and he converted all those people for Jesus, and when Jesus returned, there was many more that were ready to see him, and I think that uh, is his legacy.